Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Yes, welcome to episode 90. Big episode for us and to bring in our ninth decade of doing this podcast, we have a guest. We are going international once again as we have Pam. You know her on YouTube as Cannot Be Tamed and she is gracious enough to spend time with us tonight. How are you doing, Pam? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for the invite. I'm always happy to be a podcast guest. <laughs> yeah, we were really excited to get you on. Um, as I was saying right before, seen a lot of your videos. I know we're definitely going to touch on that. Mm -hmm. um, little tradition here, though, is we always talk about what have we been playing recently, and more importantly, what have we been drinking? So yes. I don't know if you're drinking anything tonight with us or have drunk anything in the past couple of days. But, uh... <laughs> uh, I, I am. I figured since the name of the channel, I had to get a beer, <laughs> even though I'm not much of a beer drinker, but I am currently just drinking Muskoka Brewery's Ebb and Flow Sour Plum Ooh. and Boysenberry. Um, yeah, not a big beer fan, but I do like sours. So figured I would grab this, and then once I'm done this and have done that, part of it i have some ciders as backup <laughs> nice nice uh does that now even though you're not a big beer drinker so that seems like a more craft beer from up there and yep uh do you strictly stick with craft once you do go and try beers or is there any any you know macros that you enjoy um i'll drink like a keith's every once in a while okay um but not really i mostly go for like sours and like fruity beers like yeah. the least beery ones <laughs> <laughs> so you're like jim yeah no i'm a huge fan of sours yeah i like the refreshing taste of my palate <laughs> not like bry who likes to like tree bark <laughs> um jim you talk about flavors i am tonight once again well not once again because you guys don't know but jim knows i actually got this dogfish head campfire amplifier it's basically the equivalent of having a s'mores flavored beer. So it's got mm -hmm. graham crackers, cinnamon, marshmallows, milk stout, and vanilla beans. Comes uh -huh. in at six point five percent. It is damn tasty if you like any of those flavors. And um, I'm kind of already done half of it. So <laughs> really, really tasty. Yeah. And I am starting off the Christmas season early because I'm hitting up a good old Trogues Mad Elf. Damn, you you going early. Yeah, I figured why the hell not. They were just sitting in my fridge. 11% alcohol, 15 IBUs, so nice and smooth and full of booze. Good old Christmas <laughs> tradition right here. Yeah, Pam, yeah. this was kind of like the one of the big gateway drugs for like craft beer, at least in our area. Like oh, every yeah. friend of ours who like we come across and we give it to them, even if they were just like a Miller or Coors person beforehand. Mm -hmm. You hand them this and they're like, oh, this is really tasty. And then they don't know how strong it is. They drink three and then they're shit <laughs> So it's perfect. Yeah, I think uh, when, when we were first starting to drink, everyone has the typical macro beers, but it's funny, from um, one of the beers we stuck to, and it was for, I don't even know how many years, Jim, so you correct me, but the Molson Triple X, because what was that, 8%, 9%? Along those it, lines. We would be like, that's a perfect beer to pregame with instead of something that's like 4%, because mm -hmm. then you're going to make all kinds of terrible decisions after having <laughs> a couple of those. So, yeah, we did that. Terrible headaches after. Don't mm -hmm. suggest anyone do it, but definitely made the night interesting. I'll say that. Definitely <laughs> sneak up on you when it's got double the alcohol content that you're expecting. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah, you're pushing yeah. wine territory there. And especially mm-hmm. with the sours. Like, most sours seem to be a lot of alcohol, too. So, with them being so tasty and delicious, they sneak up on you, too. And there's yeah. been a few podcasts by the end. I'm just like, oh, wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pam, what, uh, you been playing anything interesting this past week or anything working towards with different reviews? Yeah, so I've been playing Hades for the last little while. I have I finished like my first run and I heard that you need 10 runs to get credits. So, I'm not usually a big roguelike person, like I'd like to play a game, finish it and then move on to the next thing, but I really wanted to see the end. So, I think I'm at like six successful runs now. So, I'm almost almost there. But now when I like fail a run, I I get really upset cuz it's like a half an hour just feels like it's wasted now but the game's really great i love super giant giant yes super giant games and like their aesthetic and their music is always so great so uh yeah did, did you ever play uh was it jotun so that one is another roguelike it's like a viking inspired game and it's the same deal it's got the the super massive bosses but then a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of smaller and artistically it's similar to hades although i even think it goes a step further so you talk everything you just talked about kind of resonated i'm like Mm -hmm. that would probably be a really perfect game for you to try out cool but uh how long does a typical game take you, though, if you have to go through a full run? If I have to, a full run, I think my best time is about 26 minutes, but it's usually, like, around 30 or so for a run. Gotcha. So, you know, it's not too long, but when you need to do it 10 times, it, it starts <laughs> taking a little bit long. So it's really yeah, fun, it's, though. <laughs> yeah, whenever you got to do runs like that, it's like you stop appreciating, oh, the graphics and this. Mm-hmm. Now you're just perfecting the control and the exactly. patterns. Yeah. Yeah, trying to do the best build and, yeah. So. <laughs> Did this convert you to a roguelike or is, or is this, uh, like you said, probably not? I always kind of dabble in roguelikes. Like, I really liked Dead Cells. Like, that was a fantastic game. But also, mm-hmm. like, I finished that game the first time. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. And it, I finished that much faster than I was expecting to. So, but I was fine with it. Like, oh, I only got three hours out of this. Whatever. I can move along to the next thing. <laughs> so. Nice, nice. So, now, Pam, the real question is how many runs through of Dino Ricky did you do? <laughs> oh, many, many, many runs through Dino Ricky. That was. That ruined my weekend, man. <laughs> yeah, you can tell in the video, you're just like, you start off with like, I don't really bash games a lot, but this one, mm-hmm. just fuck this game. And I was like, yeah. ooh, this one's getting real quick. Yeah, exactly. I try to, I, you know, I try to be positive, not be one of those YouTubers who's just like mad about things, but like that game really made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> Now, are you are you similar to Jim and I, especially if you're doing a review, you're like, I have to beat it. I have to see the end, no matter how annoying it is. Yeah. And that, that like, adds almost, I don't know if pressure's the right, right word, but it's that sense of, like, ugh, now I just have to do it. Yeah, pretty much. There's a couple games that I didn't finish. Um, Kid Chameleon, which I didn't <laughs> like at all. I didn't finish that, and I didn't. 
Uh, that I was fine with not finishing. This, like, I knew how short of a game it was because I looked up a long play and it was like 20 minutes for, of course, a no death run, which mine mm-hmm. definitely wasn't. But I was like, I'm so close. I'm so close. I can do it. Like, because I was actually going to quit at one point and then I realized, like, I'm on the last level. Like, just, just power through. <laughs> yeah. It's funny it's, you mentioned. Uh, oops, sorry, Brian. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just gonna say, Jim, hmm, Kid Chameleon. Why don't you talk about that, Jim? <laughs> oh yeah. See, that's actually the video where I discovered you because oh, you did. <laughs> yeah, I think it was what was it December, Brian? We were playing through that for our review, and yes. as we're playing it, I'm like, okay, everyone loves this goddamn game, and I'm playing through <laughs> it, and I'm. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. It's slippery as hell. It just never goddamn ends. Mm-hmm. And even with save states, I was like, just retrying and retrying and retrying and retrying and retrying. I'm like, how the hell does anyone ever beat this thing? Yeah. So I was going nuts thinking it was just me. And I'm looking through some other reviews and I come mm-hmm. across yours. And I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad someone else doesn't like it because, yeah, I. Uh, that's probably the video. Actually, now it's probably Super Metroid. But that's probably the <laughs> second video that I got the most hate on just people are like well you're just bad or you have no taste in games <laughs> there's always those good old arguments but mm-hmm. yeah i sold or i i told jim that's a game i want him to play because he's mr loves anything genesis spits out it could be mm-hmm. the worst game and jim will love it <laughs> look at his wall behind him but <laughs> it's one of those situations where he never played that and as a kid i certainly never beat it Mm-hmm. But the concept behind that game was, oh, that that's an awesome game. And I always had rose-tinted glasses thinking of my nostalgia for how much I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then even when I played it, I was like, oh, this shit, it really is hard. <laughs> I didn't just really suck as a kid. Yeah. I just can't beat this. So I don't disagree with that. But, yeah, I remember, like, Jim's like, I hate this goddamn game. <laughs> like, I was like, but you're Mr. Genesis. What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, no, fuck this goddamn shit. <laughs> You're like, you got to beat it. I was like, I know I have to goddamn beat it. It was my turn. <laughs> Did so you finish what is, it? Um, I mean, you want to say I finished it. I wouldn't oh. say I technically beat it, but <laughs> okay. I did finish it. Now, I got through probably like a third of the game, and then I saw that there was a cheat to like get to the last boss from the first <laughs> oh, level. Nice. So I just did that to get record the final boss, which still took me like 50 fucking tries. Mm-hmm. And then I was yeah. like, good, good enough, fine. <laughs> I have like six hours of footage. That's more than enough for this review. Yeah. Now, Pam, what would you say, of all the games you reviewed, which one did you walk away from with the most hate for? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's just because it's recent, but Dino Ricky is, like, one of the ones. Like, the other one is a game that I played as a kid, which is Prince of Persia. And actually, I don't Mm -hmm. think I ever beat that one either because of that stupid timer on Mm -hmm. the game. But... Uh, yeah, that's another one where I just find the controls so awkward. Like, just like jumping is so much more difficult than it needs to be. So, <laughs> they had to make it cinematic. <laughs> and I'm with you there because that was like, that was the unlock in Sands of Time if you beat it. And I was like, ooh, I get the original Prince of Persia. I never played mm-hmm. this. And I got 10 minutes in. I was like, what the fuck is this? Why do people yeah. like this? Yeah, it's it's not good. Like I, I, it was one of the first games I reviewed because I started out reviewing all the NES games I played as a kid, and I'm pretty sure as a kid, like I maybe got out of the first level, um, and then when I was reviewing it again, I maybe got like three or four levels in, and then I just ran out of time. So <laughs> you're like, "Yep, I'm done with this mm-hmm. one." Yep. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's really tough, but one thing, and I know we skipped right into what we were drinking and what we are playing, but, uh, you know, I think one of the most interesting things with your channel and the games you review is you do have a very eclectic combination of games. You're definitely not just playing one or two different types. Mm -hmm. You're, you're kind of like my style where I have a bunch of different games from a bunch of different systems that it's just and a lot of the games like I discovered you with the Vampire Masquerade video because mm -hmm. um, I love that game and then I also saw you like it was right around the same time I was doing the Monkey Island games because they were available on 360 so it's like oh I was like okay somebody's trying all these different games mm -hmm. um, so I, I was kind of curious with that like when you started your channel did you know, like, you basically just said, like, hey, I have these games I want to give my opinions on? Or, like, really, what was the driver when you were setting up? Uh, so when I was setting up, I was trying to go back and revisit those games that I had played as a kid. Like, the NES was my first console. Um, but, of course, like, I didn't have a ton of NES games. Like, I had maybe... 15 games and then occasionally I'd rent something or borrow something from a friend so soon enough like it got to the point where I was out of those or they were like game show games which I didn't mm -hmm. really feel needed a <laughs> review um, so then I just wanted to try a bunch of different things and my interests have always been like very varied like I went from the NES to mostly playing PC and sort of skipping that next generation and then going into like the PS1, PS2. So part of it is like the systems that I was interested in and part of it was like going to systems that I had never played before. Like the Sega CD is a big one where just like, I really love FMV games. So uh, sort of dabbling in that system and learning more about the library there. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't have like one little niche that I like to stay in, I like to, be able to review sort of anything i feel like playing yeah that uh the parasite eve the mm -hmm. review you, you did that that's a game that that still haunts me that i haven't been able to play for ps1 because i'm all about survival horror and games mm -hmm. from that genre and that was one of the ones i'm like god damn i've still never <laughs> played it so when i saw you i was like ah oh, like now i really want to go try it out but yeah it's one of those you know like you said it's interesting because you've been on YouTube since what, 2014 or 14 or 15? Yeah. yeah so, um, what was like, uh, I guess we all say we have very big growing pains starting <laughs> off. What, what, like, mm -hmm. do you ever go back, look at your old videos and just say, Oh God, like I, why did I do this? Or why did I do that? Like, what is your biggest things? If you could redo an old video, like what would you do? I mean, the biggest things are, like, I mean, two things. Like, the delivery, for one, and then also just, like, the audio and video quality. Like, video quality, um, like, six months into making videos, someone was like, hey, your camera is focused on your bookshelf and not on you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to fix that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So things like that, um, lighting for sure is a big one where I didn't have much of it uh, at the beginning. Um, even like looking back a year ago and to see like just my delivery, I'm like, oh man, I feel like this is so much worse than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we're always critical of ourselves, but it yeah. is funny. I mean, it's like just getting comfortable in front of the camera. Jim yeah. and I have said it many times. Like, yeah, when we first started, we did everything terribly and tried to do it either way too scripted or not scripted enough. Mm-hmm. And even with the podcast, like just talking to people, like you realize you just you just have to do it over and over and over again until you feel comfortable. And that's what one For of sure. those things. Yeah, like you look back at old videos and you, it's always like that moment you're like, oh, I can't believe, like, why did I do this? Why did yeah. anyone watch this? But no, like, I, I, it's funny because, like I said, from the beginning, you definitely could tell you were getting the same message across like you were saying. So mm-hmm. it seems like you've stayed pretty consistent in, like, how you want to deliver your thoughts on the games themselves. Yeah. So that's always stuck pretty true yeah Yeah. i think so because i've never been like putting on a character or anything it's always been just like hey i'm pam and here's what i think about this game so it's been pretty easy to stay consistent that way it's just like technically and comfort wise i think just you get better as you go Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm actually stupid jealous of your intro where you're just like, hi, I'm Pam, and I'm here to talk about video games. <laughs> Fuck, that's right to the point. Yeah. Like, our intros are always like four-minute yeah. like rambles yeah, that, that we have to edit down. One of the or it used to be like a two-minute intro video that everyone complained um, about. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, God, she nailed that so fast. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, started I that like from my first video, and I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I'll just make that my intro. <laughs> just... Just stick with it, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's definitely a good way to be. Um, yeah, dude, that was one of the things, Jim. How many videos did it take for us? Uh, we got this legit intro shot by my buddy, and then <laughs> people were like, "Your intro's too long. It's like a minute and whatever." We're like, "It's good though." And then we're like, "All right, we're cutting it down to like twenty seconds." Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just one of those things you just learn. Yeah. And every once in a while, we'll get the random comment. You should bring back the long intro. It's like motherfucker. <laughs> There's never, ever, like, you can't please anyone and everyone. Yeah. For sure. And, like, we actually did, (laughs) Pam, we've done the Cardinal Sin. So, Mm -hmm. please, 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 plug your content, plug your channels, because you actually have multiple things going on. Mm hmm. Um, I, yeah, my channel's called Cannot Be Tamed on YouTube. I review various games nes i'm doing a lot of nes lately mostly because they're quick (laughs) Mm -hmm. which sounds pretty lazy but uh yeah uh occasionally doing like longer ps1 games i haven't done a sega cd game in a while but um do occasional lists i just started a series about games you should play on game pass because i love game pass yes i love that by the way i'm a big fan of that one yeah, I'm I'm happy about that too. I like list videos, like they're easier to put together and people really like them. So it's mm-hmm. like a, <laughs> the best of both worlds. Uh, yeah, so that's the big thing. Um, I'm on Twitter at Josyla underscore J-A-S-Y-L-A, which I just haven't thought of a better name for. <laughs> um, and then I'm on Instagram, cannot underscore be underscore tamed. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, and all the links are definitely below for for everything. But you also have... You have a makeup channel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have a makeup channel, too. It's called Cosmetic DLC. Which... My wife listens, so she might enjoy that. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I think we sneak in a few female listeners every once in a while. So. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I don't... I, my makeup channel is still very, very small, and, like, 90% of my viewership is just, like, guys who 
watch my video game videos and they're like, I don't know anything about makeup, but I watched this. I'm like, well, thanks for the support. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, thank you. Please tell your girlfriends and yeah. wives. And <laughs> Sometimes I get a, oh, my wife really liked this. So. <laughs> so that so that's my question. So now that you are, you know, you, you're doing the makeup channel too, do you find, and, and you know better than anyone, and you're obviously doing tremendously well with your YouTube for Cannot Be Tamed, but like starting off new again, you know, it's like that slow crawl, yeah. doing the effort, and do you mm -hmm. find yourself now like having kind of competing interests, like, okay, what do I want to spend my time on? the makeup channel or the video games like is it kind of a struggle to schedule that stuff it's not too bad actually like my video games channel is obviously like my main focus but there's a certain amount of synergy there because i like to match my makeup to the game that i'm reviewing um mm -hmm. when that makes sense to me so a lot of the times i will film a makeup video doing my makeup and then film my video game video. So they kind of work together oh, nice. in a sense. Right. Yeah. Now here's the real question. Once all the COVID's done and <laughs> things get back to normal, can you do a makeup tutorial just for Jim? So when we do certain things, Jim can be painted up real nice and pretty like. Sure. <laughs> Any re particular requests? Any color schemes, looks, like... Right, I'll leave this one with you, because it'll just be like a haircut. Yeah, um, You know it, better than me. You just do something. No, it'll be tied to a very specific game, Jim. Don't you worry. I have uh, ideas. I'm <laughs> sure it will. Uh, let's start a YouTube page. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> no, but that that is awesome. And once again, if you haven't already, check the links below. Follow Pam everywhere where we have the links. And, you know help spread the word of her cosmetics uh, dlc to channel on youtube um because yeah that that initial just starting a youtube channel yeah it, starting is starting is hard every once in a while i go back to my game channel because i made videos like 1000 subscribers 5000 subscribers and just seeing like how long it took to get to those points like it's <laughs> it, it's slow at the beginning for sure yep. <laughs> we're seven I, years uh, later <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I was lucky. I mean, the fact that I'm a woman and there's not that many women doing it definitely helped. But, like, my vampire video and then my AVGN appearance in, like, the same two months kind of, like, really, really helped. Yeah, so I was going to ask, like, so what, what spawned that? Like, how did that even come about? The AVGN thing? Yeah, yeah. Um... I guess they were just wanting to highlight various creators and um, I'm friends with Erin Plays and she was like, hey, do you want to, someone asked if you want to be in this video and was like, sure. That's I... awesome. <laughs> hey, you can't beat that kind of promotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's really cool because, you know, that Jim and I have said many times, one of the biggest influences for when we started was AVGN and, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of curious with your channel did you have anything anyone specific that like you saw and you're like I think I can do this or I want to do that um I think pushing up roses was one that was a bit of an influence on me seeing her like adventure game reviews and things um wanting to do that and then a part of it was honestly just like hey there's not a lot of women in this space and 
I want to be there and be visible. So uh, that was part of it as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Though. I mean, I, I, I always say, I think so, you always get inspired by, it can be something random or whatever. A mm-hmm. lot of people, especially with game reviews, is usually like, I see how they're doing it, but I think I could do a little better. Or I think my way mm-hmm. makes a little more sense. So there's a little bit of a, oh, I, I can do this, so... Yeah, well, I start. I had been, like, blogging about video games for a number of years before, so I was just, like, I don't know. I feel like I was always, like, a little bit behind. Like, I was still blogging when everyone else was making videos, and I switched <laughs> to videos, and then everyone is streaming. And like... <laughs> Any thoughts on uh, trying your hand at that? Not like, full... really. <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't just be entertaining on my own live for hours like that sounds exhausting (laughs) (laughs) jim and i have said some of those people the energy level it's impressive i'll say that man it's uh i yeah it's a skill we we don't share well it's one of those things i do recognize i said one of the things i've handicapped myself with is i've played so many horror games which are my favorite type of games Mm -hmm. by streaming them and having my first time playing through a game like that while I'm trying to focus on the camera or like t- it mm-hmm. takes you out of the game completely. So it's like yeah. I would suggest like if you're going to do it, do it with a game you're really comfortable and you can kind of mm-hmm. just sit back and relax. Because if you're doing a brand new game, you might either A, look like you, you have no idea what the hell you're doing, yeah. you're doing which happens to me all the goddamn time. <laughs> or, or you're just like you get done the game and you're like, oh, I don't really remember much of the game itself. Yeah, that's what I worry about. Like, so many times in a game, like, I'll get stuck and I will, like, just look up a walkthrough on my phone. Yeah. Like, that's that's not compelling content. And, like, I'm not a, naturally a very, like, reactive person. Like, I can be very angry at a video game. If, if you were watching me, you, you wouldn't really know it. So, like, I don't know. I don't feel like I have that that kind of personality to do that <laughs> yeah but i can pull it off pretty decently every once in a while like a couple years ago i would randomly just throw up a stream and i'd be that guy who'd be sitting there on camera just going shit and then like dead air for like yeah. another 10 minutes <laughs> Damn dead air for another 20 minutes i was like okay not yeah. my strong suit i think that's what i would be like yeah <laughs> now, yeah bam to circle back to your makeup channel real quick so mm-hmm. i listened to your last episode of your old podcast media mavens and yeah. You were talking, it's funny you talk about on there, you spent like, you and your co spent like 20 minutes talking about like the YouTube drama scene with uh, makeup people and shit like that. Has any of that crossed over to you since you've started this makeup channel or are you still enough off the radar, you know, no offense obviously, with uh, not having all that shitstorm thrown on you? No, I'm definitely far too small to be involved in any of that on the makeup channel, so. What, you don't want the the James Charles's and the Toddy Westbrook's coming at you? No, I, I don't think I need their 14 million subscribers or whatever. <laughs> for the love of God, that just sounds like a nightmare to me. Also, that's probably yeah. the best title for a podcast episode to go out on of Get Off the Internet. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> the YouTube drama is definitely real. and Yeah, I mean, other than the hate you would get for bad-mouthing any games like you were saying the kid the kid chameleon or metroid or super metroid um you know what kind of other bs is something that you're just like man if i didn't have to deal with this this would make youtube so much more enjoyable uh huh. i mean 
I guess there's always sort of like little drama between creators. Like, honestly, any of the drama channels in general are just kind of, you know, it would be better if they weren't around just like <laughs> magnifying things that ultimately aren't that big of a deal or just, mm -hmm. I don't know. People have a tendency to take things really personally when I don't think they're meant that way by the people saying them. Just, you know, just little human things. <laughs> oh, yeah. People, I mean, one of the biggest reasons those things are so successful, it's like anyone. If you're walking down the street, you see people fighting. Everyone stops and looks. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's intriguing to see some type of conflict. And online, yeah, yeah it's like there's this. Because it also, if you see, oh, one of my favorite YouTubers is having a very human moment and mm -hmm. getting in a heated exchange with somebody, it like brings it down to reality. And it's like, oh, like yeah. you can paint all of your insecurities on top of that shit. And it exactly. is... It does suck when you see that become so popular, but unfortunately, that's mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of what humans are great at, highlighting that, that negativity. Yeah, and also with, like, I don't know, just comments. Like, I make mean comments videos, which mm. some people are like, just ignore them, just ignore them. But I'm like, you know, I have to have some fun with them if I'm going to read them. But, like, you know, I like 90% of my comments are fantastic and my viewers are good, but, you know, occasionally just general harassment over a video game opinions or being a woman or like whatever happens to upset someone <laughs> yeah now people can be real uh real ballsy when they're hiding behind the keyboard and that's one of those it, like you said 90 percent are great 10 percent or whatever mm -hmm. now i'm curious i you know where you're at now do you still because you know jim and i will still every day like we'll check notifications let's read through the comments mm-hmm are you still able to do that or do you bother doing that anymore? Or is it just like, uh, if I can get to it, I get to it. No, I still read every single comment. Sometimes it takes me a while. Like sometimes I'll post a video and then I won't read the comments for like three days or something. But no, I still read all of them. I, I don't respond to every comment anymore because that's not really feasible. But I respond to a lot of them. So Yeah. No, good on you for sticking with that. Because, I mean, there is that approach of either don't respond at all or try to respond to everything and then it just can mm -hmm. become overwhelming especially when you get some uh some shitheads but i like the way you are dealing with it like jim said <laughs> i do love the reading meaning mean comments i mean she's making <laughs> lemons out of lemonade it's like oh here's some easy content i can just throw up there exactly yeah. yeah and i've always got friends to like help out and read the comments for me so it's nice actually i've had many people like oh i didn't know you were like taking volunteers to read these comments i'll be in the next one like <laughs> You're like my life's even easier now this is great yeah <laughs> now have you ever had a human moment yourself where just one comment got to you and you just like kind of just just let all your spaghetti fly in like a comment back to them and then you go a day later look at it and go god damn it uh so i've had like a couple not very many comments that get to me uh, and then I, I usually just like delete them if like if they get to me i won't respond to them i will just like quietly block the people but i have this really bad tendency to when someone leaves a comment i think is stupid like i want to just like respond immediately and i have to tell myself like all these people ahead of this person left nice comments you should really reply to them first mm -hmm. but like I, I definitely have this like attitude of like oh yeah like just like jump in <laughs> there on the negative stuff 
<laughs> so it's not just all Canadian politeness. There's still that little. There's still that little anger behind there. Mm. For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and Brian have been a little too guilty of just not responding with just straight fuck you, but you know. Yeah. yeah. No, Jim, yeah. Jim. I'll give Jim credit. He always tries to try to do a witty spin, and I'm mm-hmm. always like, no, just fuck this guy. I'm like, he, yeah. I'll just respond back in the pure like flash in a moment, like go fuck. You. Like it'll be very simple, but it'll yeah. be very direct. But yeah. Jim will try to make some kind of joke of it. And, yeah, it is funny because, like you said, you'll read those and you'll spend so much more time thinking about how you want to respond. But then all the nice ones, you're just exactly. like, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to, like, chill on replying immediately to those comments. But, yeah, sometimes I'll try to be witty. Sometimes it's just satisfying to do a go fuck yourself. Like, mm-hmm. it's... Um, but yeah (laughs) i'm trying to do those comments although sometimes i'm just really petty and i'll just pin the stupid comment so that everyone else can respond to it for me i've done this (laughs) yeah (laughs) yep yeah no that's there you go that's an even better way to handle that you're like Mm -hmm. and guys you don't have to go bug this person but here's their username (laughs) and comment right here (laughs) yeah that that's an awesome way but no um I do got to say, though, speaking of, of things we love, Jim, what are our Patreon questions of the week? Well, Brian, funny you should ask, because at patreon.com slash drink a beer play a game, where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question that we will answer on each and every single one of these Power Hour podcasts. First up comes to us from our buddy, Gamer Astral. Why did you let me miss a question, question again, Jim? God damn it. <laughs> So every time, man, every time before a podcast, a day off, I'll put a little reminder up for the patrons to put a goddamn question out so they can get their money's worth. And I forgot last time, and I haven't heard the end of it since. So, <laughs> well, Jim, stop forgetting. Come on. I know. But his follow-up one, uh, what do you prefer, the PS2 Slim or the Fat PS2? I mean, me, I think it's pretty easiest. It's just a... I, you know me, I'm not the collector guy between the two of us, Jim, so I'm going slim because it's more economical of my space, and I've had less issues with it, surprisingly, when it comes to memory cards and disc reads. Like, sometimes I had issues with the with the fat boy, so, yep, I'm going slim with mine. Pam? I'm going to go slim as well, even though my last slim, the optical drive or whatever uh stopped working but now i'm using a fat boy and it's really loud the fan on it and it's driving mm-hmm. me crazy so i like the slim <laughs> yep. good answer <laughs> and i'm Damn. gonna be the contrarian i'm gonna say the fat boy because it's looking at me right now and i don't want to make it mad so after 20 shocked years. <laughs> he's still there and working i have to i have to be nice no, you don't. <laughs> but I actually think it. I think it has a spot for like a hard drive expansion, and I think it has a little bit more features. So I don't know. Mine still works, so I'm going to go with what I know. Jim, all features of things you never used. It's your regard. That doesn't matter. It's not. It's not important. <laughs> good question, Astral, and I'll make sure Jim doesn't screw up again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was a good boy this week. <laughs> Next up from Game Whisperer Dean, would you like a nice segue to the topic of the Google Stadia giveaway? That's it. Enjoy the free segue. Why, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jim, I'll let you take off with that one. All right. That's so for those who don't know, Google Stadia is a thing. Not exactly doing great. So they recently did a little promotion where anyone who is a YouTube premium subscriber 
up to like the certain point. I think it was like November 1st. If you were already a YouTube Premium subscriber, you could actually apply to be sent a free Stadia kit. So they would send you the Ultra Chromecast and the controller. And a free month, I believe. Uh, and a free month of Stadia. I mean, I have YouTube Premium, so I signed up for it. So I'm waiting on mine to come in. Oh, you are? Nice. Yep. So I'll be able to do a review, play around with it a little bit, and then cancel it before I have to pay for it. It's perfect. <laughs> Pam, are you do, are you, do you use any of that stuff? No. No, I've never done anything with the Stadia. Yeah. I mean, Jim, what can it actually do? Because I thought it was pretty much a flop. I mean, it is pretty much a flop. I think this is just like a very not-so-transparent way for Google to say, oh, look, our subscriber base went up 300% in the fourth quarter of 2020. <laughs> it's a smart move because it's a thing no one uses. Basically, it's like you're using your Chromecast, streaming games from servers right to your TV. From like our speaking of Astral, he actually did the same thing, and he lives in New Mexico, so he got his already. And he's like, "Yeah, I haven't experienced any lag. It actually works pretty nice." And then I asked him, "Is he going to keep?" And he went, "Hell no." So, <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest problem we talked about it before is like, yeah, it's a streaming service, which is cool, but then you're still charging people sixty bucks full price for the games that you're using on the service, and that's where I think they yeah. kind of fucked themselves. It's like. Either a streaming service like Netflix, or you're just going to be a download service that, if it's a failure, it could always just randomly go away and you're out all this money now. So, there's definitely a give and take there. But, yeah, if, I mean, get a basically free Google Stadia setup, I'll go for that. Couldn't resist. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, honestly, especially if you're someone who has either of the two modern consoles, if you have Xbox Game Pass or you have whatever the playstation i always forget the equivalent that they they have <clears throat> the amount of games they release and especially game pass like the like the number of games available and with the purchasing of bethesda how their quality has just spiked so much more honestly i don't know how often i'm going to be buying new games because there's so much available to me at at that price that's like what 10 bucks a month if that mm -hmm. so, it's pretty damn worth it. So, yeah, Stadia seems pretty silly. And, Pam, I know you're a big fan of the Xbox Game Pass, so it's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I love the Game Pass. I, I don't know. I feel very, like, hesitant to open myself up to new platforms. Like, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> just want to focus on the ones I already have. What do you mean? You mean the, you already have how many now that you've played through, yeah. or, or that? I mean, are you are you still an avid like? As you said, you do have the games you love, but on some mm -hmm. of the older consoles, you find yourself like trying to collect a lot more since you started the channel, um, in hopes of doing content, and that kind of draws you away from other things. Yeah, I definitely collect more games than I probably would otherwise. Just looking for like, oh, this looks like interesting i'd like to review this someday and so yeah i've got i don't know my collection is like in really nice shape right now where it's all things i want or have played or am planning to play so yeah do, doing the collecting also trying to like keep it at a certain size so like if i want something new i'm gonna trade something else in for it so um yeah so, so yeah, not just being a self shelf collector like some people. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I try to uh, only get what I actually want. So and what you actually play, nice. That's yes. the kind of collector I like, 
gem. Yeah. What? <laughs> goddamn shelf collectors. Scum of the earth they are. <laughs> that whole Wii collection to the right of you, Jim. What? It's a beautiful Wii collection. Great system. Great console. I keep looking at that Musha and that Truxton. I don't have uh, those. <laughs> I mean, you can gladly overpay for them. <laughs> now, Jim is one of those, like, he'd buy something, and even though it could probably have a crazy value... He holds on to every game, whether he mm. plays it or not. And I'm much more like you, where I'll trade in. I'll be like, okay, I have a smaller collection, but I'll trade in easily if I find out, like, oh, something's worth some money and I'm not going to play anymore. Okay, I'll get rid of it. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, even my more rare things, some of which I wish I had held on for longer, but, like, Rule of Rose. Like, I did a Let's Play of it. I did a review of it. I played the whole thing, and then I was like... I don't want to play this anymore, so I'm going to sell it. <laughs> and, of course, no one can predict the pandemic hitting and then inflation hitting video games and everything mm-hmm. doubling and tripling. So it's like, yeah. ah, shit, I should have kept that six more months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always had that weird mindset. I've only ever traded in three games in my life. So yes. if I wind up with it, I've just always held on to it and find space <laughs> for it. Maybe to my detriment? I don't know. It's good makes me happy leave me alone i hate you that's why that's why you like the ps2 fat boy jim hey th- that goddamn bastard still works after all these years so i will never be smirched my beloved fat boy thank you for the question dean and actually if you had a, snuck another one in there have you ever felt the need to blow vape smoke into a console <laughs> i do now i need clout damn it <laughs> nope can't say i have dean damn it no. <laughs> See, I need to start blowing vape smoke into my CDI and starting that gimmick. I'm sure people <laughs> float it just like they did with the Xboxes. I'm very topical. Damn it, Jim. Damn it, damn it. But next up, from Eric Lewacki, what will it take you both to make the jump to invest in a VR headset? Um, It being dirt cheap? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, it... Is there any out there that don't require a crazy good PC to run them? The PlayStation VR, basically. Unless you get, like, those Samsung headsets to work off your phone. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, if you want to play, like, I've seen some sets that play, like, really, really impressive games. Um, I don't know how many great games are on the PlayStation that are VR only. Because, honestly, I don't care enough about... If it's a title I can play just regularly... I don't need to make that leap to VR, um, but it's just a matter of if I want to go out and put out whatever two grand for a rig, and then get VR, then I would do it. But yeah, it's low on my list right now. I'll say that it looks really cool, but mm, just not my not my forecast for a while. What about you, Pam? Yeah, I'm not really big into the VR. I have had a PSVR at one point i am not the one in my household who bought it um it's like a cool thing to try like i played um until dawn rush of blood which is way too scary to play in vr um and like (laughs) the little like experience ones like where you go down and under the ocean and you see like sharks and stuff and like it's cool but like i don't want to play games like that like i don't want to play a 10-hour game with a vr set on i it, it's heavy it's uncomfortable i can never get it to focus properly um until the technology evolves to a place where it's like sunglasses you slip on with no cords like i don't mm, i don't need it 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting for just augmented augmented reality mm-hmm. to really be the thing and just just skip over the VR. Because that would be more interesting. Yeah, what about I, you, Jim? And I kind of talked about this with Izzy when we had him on. And basically, we just need more, like, quote-unquote real games to implement VR. Kind of like how Resident Evil 7 did, where you can play that whole game in VR, and it's a completely different experience to the end user. So I think if more games tried to go that route, then it would probably be more interesting instead of just random games where a very small handful are actually worth putting your time into. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. And you you got to start thinking of games in that first-person perspective because that's the only way it's really going to work. And honestly, outside shooters right now or some of the new horror games, like, like Pam said, Until Dawn, and you just said Resident Evil 7, that's got to be the major focus of developers too. Make enough games that people want to come over to it. Like, what was that, uh, shit, what was that game, Jim, you, you, we talked about? The Half-Life. That new game was going to be VR only, right? Yeah, I mean, it came out as far as I know, and it wasn't that killer app that the Vive needed. Now, the Vive, you need a thousand bucks in equipment to have work pretty well, so that doesn't help. But, but that's what I mean. You need titles like that. Keep doing that shit, and it'll drive people to getting VRs. Yeah, I mean, maybe if they wanted to really draw people in, they would have just called it Half-Life 3. And that would have been the thing that would have drawn people in. But, yeah, I guess everyone went, why am I going to spend, you know, 1500 bucks to play a spinoff? So, yeah, yeah, it wasn't the killer app they expected it to be. Or even did they expect it? I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of came and went. Now, good question, Eric. We appreciate it, bud. And if you have VR you want to send us, you can always do that. Yeah, we also have a $10 <laughs> tier on the Patreon that if everyone put into, we could probably get some VR sets for the hour. Damn it, yeah. But last up, from Alex Perez. What is some of your favorite junk food to eat while gaming or otherwise? Ooh, Funny you should ask after the, uh, first? after the midnight release the we feast. had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, potato chips are my favorite junk food just to eat any time ever. So I would say that, uh, yeah, I don't eat that much junk food but like yeah potato chips i can eat those all day and play video games <laughs> the controller yeah, gets all greasy like. of course yeah <laughs> what's your favorite flavor though that's the real question salt and vinegar salt and vinegar mm-hmm. okay nice now do you do the baked or do you just do straight no no like the fried ones the fry okay the worst yeah. ones no <laughs> yep <laughs> Um, yeah, Jim and I just did that, uh, the COD Midnight Release, and I, I gotta say, every time my go-to is, is Doritos. Like, or, I would say chips, but Doritos, for some reason, like, that seems like the thing I have, I've had all my life. If I have, if I do play games, um, yeah, I'm not really, like, there's not, I, I, I don't sit, and I don't eat candy, um, there's nothing really else when I think of junk food that I would want to eat while playing a video game anyway. But, yeah, Doritos is my go-to. Beef jerky. I had a goddamn half-pound bag that was supposed to last me a week, and I ate it in an hour and a half during the midnight <laughs> release. So. <laughs> but, Jim, is that really junk food? So much well, protein, so little fat. It's yeah. true. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. If it wasn't for the 15,000 billion things of sodium, yeah. it would be perfect. So, yeah. But now I'm also... Yeah, what do you, potato chips. I'm a big potato chip guy. I'll, or just randomly noshing on leftovers. But 
Even whether it's good beef jerky or shit beef jerky, like fucking Slim Jims, I'll just go through them all. Jim, you sit down with your plate of spaghetti every time you play games. Who are you kidding? Brian's not always skeddies. But it is skeddies <laughs> yes, a lot of the time. Is. <laughs> that or your leftover Taco Bell. Who are you kidding? Hey, fans gotta eat. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. That's a good question. And uh, anyone who is listening, please make sure you comment below. What's some of your favorite snacks? Or is it one of our three? And vote Jim as the worst answer. <clears throat> How dare you, sir? <laughs> and actually spinning off a little bit off of our call of duty release uh, uh bam we have a little segment that we like to go into called gamers med where as they tend to do the mm. gamers on the internet well they might tend to freak out a little bit over something that's some could say trivial doesn't mm -hmm. really matter maybe embarrassing the entire community but this one i don't think truly qualifies but our buddy g asked us to touch on it so in the new call of duty when you do, do your create a character you have three selections. You have male, female, and non-binary. And thankfully, not that many people freaked out about the non-binary part. But of course, there were the people like Ian Miles Chong who had to make his fucking little... I don't remember non-binary people in Korea in the 60s. Like, motherfucker, shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> of course, there is that. there's a little bit of a shitstorm coming off there with that. So, the real question is, does anyone really care that much? Luckily, in his comment section, it was a good 50-50 split between pretty much bashing him and just telling him to fuck off and the occasional people going, oh, yeah, this is stupid, but... I saw a tweet about that. It was like, oh, good, I can be a non-binary war criminal. Yes. <laughs> I just... I can finally be non-binary and kill zombies with my ray gun. I, I did not... Until you just said it how you said it, Jim, I didn't understand what was even the point of people getting upset, but really? Like, number one, as someone who plays all the Call of Duty shit, no one cares about goddamn authenticity from the campaign of Call of Duty. And, and the fact that that's something they're trying to latch on to... Now, here's, here's the deal. That guy you mentioned, Jim, you know I'm not a Twitter guy, so I don't know who the hell he is. You're lucky. But... Is he just trolling people with that? Did he know it would get a response, and he's probably doing it for that reason? Oh, he that completely right? did for that. He's a classic <clears throat> grifter. He's been around for fucking ages. So, like, during Gamergate, he was hardcore lefty, but, you know, like, doubling down triple on, like, whatever Sarkeesian would say. You know, and then to... he switched right in the middle of it. Yes, he did. <laughs> You're correct. And now he's far right fucking whatever, you know, blah, blah thing of the day that people either wouldn't care about or it would be a little bit more of a quote-unquote woke issue he'll just go the opposite to be a contrarian and a grifter it gets some attention so he he has no firm standing but he is a classic grifter he's, he's actually a top tier grifter if that's what you're going for but yeah he's also just he's a pain in the ass so luckily so he's equivalent to like the drama channels on youtube basically <laughs> yeah in a way but even then for the most part we'll just look at him and just go dude shut the fuck up <laughs> uh, another good reason why I pretty much stay off Twitter Jim I'm glad you get to see these interactions and I don't uh, heavy heavy wears the crown Brian <laughs> alright so before we move on to any topics first let's uh, let's talk about the beers we already had and starting with Pam um, how did you like that sour the sour was actually delicious um, not used to having canned beers that I like, but yeah, the plum and boysenberry, perfect. I, I greatly enjoyed it. I should have bought more than one. Mm -hmm. Um, after the sour, I, 
I <laughs> I had this shiny apple cider rosé, which I claimed I didn't like, and then I drank in about five minutes. So now, oh, oh, oh no, no, I've still got a little bit of it left. But next is a Brickworks rosé cider, which is another local, um, local cider. So. So I, I'm seeing a pattern there. So is rosé cider, is that your go-to when you try ciders, or do you try all different types? I try all different types. My favorite cider is actually just like a regular apple cider. It's called No Boats on Sunday, and it's like these giant bottles um, that cost like $5 a bottle at the at the beer store. But um, I I don't know. I, I was just drawn to the pink this, this time. <laughs> <laughs> we we've commonly said and i mean i don't know how uh bottle shops work in like toronto but my god it's almost like being a kid and going for running a video game mm-hmm. nowadays the can design looks like cover yeah. art and you're kind of yep. like oh man like i'm just gonna try this i don't mm-hmm. know if it's any good but the goddamn cover art looks great and the yeah. can looks amazing yeah there's a it's cider I was yeah. looking at that it just has those like really like Halloweeny art on it, like just like silver, like black against the silver with like a kind of creepy tree design. And I was thinking of that one, but Ooh. yeah, there's so much that, good art. <laughs> that's right up my alley, horror mm-hmm. and Halloween stuff. That's me. So yeah, if you find that, you gotta you gotta let us know what it is because I will. I, yeah, I gotta find that. But what about you, Jim? <laughs> How's those uh? Those big beefy mad elves treating you. Oh, <laughs> oh they are treating me just well. Um, beer and a half in, mad elf has always been one of my all-time favorites. So, yeah, this goes down dangerously smooth for 11%. So tomorrow will be fun. Uh, and actually, Pam, mm-hmm. pro tip for you. Uh, yes. If you enjoy your sours, there are subscription boxes out there. Mm. And one I've been using lately is called Craft Beer Kings. And you can set it up to have them send you a whole mix pack, or you can go specific types. So nice. you can get 12 different, uh, what do you, I don't know if it ships to Canada, though. Hopefully mm. it does. But you can get 12 different uh, sours from around the country sent to you every single month. Oh, that sounds good. Jim, I'm sure it gets shipped to Canada. It's not a goddamn third world. I'm hoping the one of. I did, that original Craft Beer Club, I think was just USA only. So it depends on the service. Mm. So Some hopefully don't. It does. Or if you do want it shipped to Canada, the shipping is more than the cost of the actual product. <laughs> Yeah, Do, is, is beer shipping weird there too? Because we live in a state like we live in the stupidest state when it comes to beer shipping. Like, there's all these weird restrictions or like the way it's packaged. So, is it like that in, where you live too? I've never ordered beer, so I can't tell you. But that's actually a great point. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we we still somehow have weird Puritan laws from the 1700s mm. that includes alcohol. So. Like it, we say it all the time, it wasn't until like five years ago that we could buy beer in a grocery store. Like it yeah. used to have to be like a separate store from everything else. We couldn't buy alcohol in grocery stores until pretty recently here. Like we have the LCBO, which is the Liquor Control Board of Ontario, and that's where most of the alcohol was. And then there was a beer store, but yeah, in grocery stores, it it was a fairly new thing. Although I remember once I went to Indiana with my World of Warcraft guild, and um, I went and went in to a store on a Sunday, and there was all this alcohol on the shelves, and I like picked up the alcohol to like stock up for the week, and they're like, "Oh, it's Sunday, we can't sell you this." I was like, mm. I, "Excuse me." <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> because, like, at the liquor store here, like, if you can't sell me this, the store is closed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would make sense, though. Yeah. Now, wait, Pam, I need to, one second, I need to rewind. So you said Indiana for mm-hmm. your World of Warcraft guild. One, yeah. what was the guild name? Arm of Hades. Nice. And mm-hmm. was that your first time to the States? Oh, no, no. I've been to the States many, many times since I was a Okay. Kid. Yeah. I was going to say. If that My first, first time to Indiana. Time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us have ever been there, so that's why I was going to say. That's a rough place to start. Probably there's so much here. to do in Indiana, though. Why have, why have we not gone there? Well, you can't drink on Sundays, Jim, so what are you talking about? <laughs> Good point. Touche. <laughs> no, but that's, uh, yeah, there, there's too many weird things. I know, uh, well, we, we went to Montreal for a buddy's bachelor party, and mm-hmm. obviously I think we could buy alcohol at every corner there, so mm-hmm. completely different situation than where you're at. Yeah, yeah, Quebec but, is much uh, much looser with the alcohol. Now, like, we can get it in the grocery store. Only, like, beer and wine, like, not liquor. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's definitely difficult to get some alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pam, it seems like Quebec hates the rest of Canada. Does yeah. the rest of Canada hate Quebec, or is that just a meme? <laughs> no, it's mutual. Ah. <laughs> So it's like Paris and France, where everywhere else in France they hate Paris, and Parisians usually hate everyone else. Oh, I didn't know that. But no, uh, generally Anglo-Canadians don't like Francophones, and Francophones feel very put upon by the rest of Canada. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a healthy relationship is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, and Jim, I mean, they um, keep trying to separate from the country, so so they're like uh <laughs> they're like North Ireland. That's all there is to mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um Jim, now here's a question. So you said you are on your third or you're going to be getting to your third with that? Going to be on my third. Okay. So yeah, I'm now on my third for this campfire and like I said, mm-hmm. I mean the flavors what's not the love about s'mores in a beer so 6.5 percent really isn't bad and for a stout it actually doesn't sit too heavy like usually you get those kind of almost like milkshake stouts where you're like i'm I'm full but these ones are pretty light and i don't know if you if dogfish head if you can ever find those up near you pam but they make some of the most interesting sounding beers like with the ingredients like they'll go back and be like this was made according to the Egyptian law of the first brew ever made. And, Uh-oh. like, they'll get the actual ingredients. Like, they go they, they go deep with this stuff. So if you can ever find Dogfish Head, I would recommend it. I will keep an eye out for it. But I actually have questions because, like, I'm a big wine drinker. And yeah. so mm-hmm. wine, like, you know, a lot of the time you'll be like, oh, it, it tastes like blackberries and chocolate and leather. Yep. And it's like... The, those Leather. things aren't actually in the wine. Like no, no one's like throwing <laughs> shoes into the barrel where it's like fermenting. But like with beer, like is there chocolate in the stout? So no. What what you'll usually get is within the malts themselves. So the malts are what what are going to give you the more chocolate or like coffee or cocoa flavor. Like one especially once they get roasted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of it comes down to the type of yeast being used when it's fermenting. So 
that's what releases most of the flavors, especially when you get your citrus flavors. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes for aromatics, like someone will straight up throw a bag of oranges or grapefruits in there, and it'll give it a lot of flavor. But because of the way it gets boiled and stuff, those flavors go away. Mm -hmm. So it comes down usually just to the yeast, the type of hops you're using, and the malts themselves are what really control more of the uh, savory flavors, I'll say. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, like wine. <laughs> you will get people that they'll they'll do the little and, and they'll, they'll like put it in their mouth and they'll be like, oh, you gotta let it warm on the palate. And it's funny because it sounds ridiculous, but as Jim and I have said, after trying now like I don't know a couple over Hundreds. a thousand different yeah. beers, mm-hmm. I can now say like, yeah, I do taste it. And I hate using the same verbiage that everyone uses, but it's like, oh, this one's bready. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how the, how the hell to describe bready until you try enough beers. Right. So this, but like I said, this one, whoo, uh, you can definitely taste cinnamon, chocolate. I don't really get marshmallows, but you get vanilla. So like mm-hmm. I said, it tries to mimic the flavors of, uh, a s'more and it's pretty damn good so brian when we try the unicorn fart we have to see if it tastes like a unicorn fart <sighs> damn it Jim. what does yeah, a that... unicorn fart, fart taste like? <laughs> apparently sour because it's a sour ale so you would actually probably like it oh. <laughs> i i love the the head down very quiet like what the hell is he talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about <laughs> he's like what the fuck what did i come on to She's like, I'm sorry, guys. This uh, is over. <laughs> no, God, yeah, no. it worked, but now nah, unicorn you... fart. Like some of these people, uh, they're a little the too flavors they'll with throw. Their names. Yeah, well, they'll do that. Or um, the worst, one of the worst beers we've ever had. We always say is it's this one called De Rise, uh... and it's literally meant to taste like crabs, salty crabs. So Why? it's an exactly um, it's from Maryland. So they're known for their crabs. And basically, they just took a shitload of Old Bay and threw it in their batch. That's kind of what it tastes like. Yeah. So I don't know if one, you've really had Old Bay that much, but what's Old Bay? It's like a special salty kind of like spice uh, mixture. It, it's mostly used on um, for crabs for seasoning and seafood oh, okay. yeah. and seafood. And in Philly, we have like this local chain called Chickies and Pizza that throws it on their fries. So they call it crab fries. So it's supposed to give kind of the sensation of eating crab. But I mean, it doesn't really. But like you just like start to mentally mindfuck yourself into thinking they're related. So hmm. but who wants to drink a goddamn beer and taste salt? And that's what you taste when you do it. So when you were asking, do people add ingredients? Like, that's one situation. Nope, they straight up added it, and it was a huh. terrible decision. <laughs> For all but, the beautiful jalapeno beers we've had. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, Jim, speaking of terrible S- beer decisions... And speaking of beers. Now, actually, asshole. before we get into this, Pam, did you okay. get a chance to read the two beer articles I sent you? I did... I don't know that I have a lot to contribute about them. <laughs> no, I, you don't have to. You don't really have to like jump into the specifics okay. of it. I just want to know. I really want to know from a guest. What are you with being a complete outsider? What are your impressions of the head Stone Brewer guy, like the Great Coke? He did that whole rebuttal in the second article that I had sent. Um. I mean, like, he seemed like he was standing up for, like, the the little guy, the little brewer at first. 
and then <laughs> not. And then he went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like um, Ian Miles Chong, just like flip sides, <laughs> flip right in the middle of That is a great comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So the long story behind that great. So the headmaster of Stone Brewing, we've been talking about it. It's a recurring beer story because like. Talking about beer stories on a podcast is like kind of boring because you either go full bore and go, oh, this brewery is releasing this one today. Gives a shit. Or you can go for like any kind of real thing where Stone Brewing was su- suing Keystone Light for copyright infringement, basically. So this has been a thing going on for like three years. We've Brian and I have talked about it for ages. And he always painted himself as the little guy fighting against the super mega corporation. So now it appears the story's flipped, as you've said. And anyone who tries to use the name Stone in any way whatsoever, he's going after them with the ban hammer, basically. Copyright trolling makes me so mad. <laughs> it's so Especially ridiculous. as a YouTuber? Yeah. Like, <laughs> find something else. Like, did you create the word stone? No? Fuck off. Like. <laughs> exactly. That's what we were looking for. Like, that's what we needed. Yeah. But th- this guy, like, number one, he's acting like Stone Brewing is the equivalent of, like, Bethesda in terms of, like, how big they are. Like, they're. I, I mean, maybe I'm overblowing a little bit, but. Well, they're, like, the number, like, what, six or nine in the country? Like, they're they're up there. When it comes to, like. considered macro at this point. When it comes to craft, they're, like, one of the top, like, distributors of craft. Yeah. And so, I'm fine. You want to punch up and you want to go after Keystone because. I, f- I always forget, Jim. Are they associated with Miller or Anheuser-Busch? Um, Coors. Coors, okay. So, fine. Go after the bigger guy, because you feel like they could be doing this. But now some guy called Sawstone. Yeah, if you're going to have Stone in your name, all of a sudden, you own the rights to all that shit. It's like... No. I, I almost want to make my own brewery, just call it, like, shit stones. I don't care what it's called. But, like, <laughs> I just, I just want to be like, you know what, like... F you, dude. Like, you don't own the name Stone anymore. Just because mm-hmm. it's in my name, people aren't going to get confused no. by your beer that has a big demon head on it and mine that has, like, a little, you know, hop, a hop. that looks like a pine cone. It's ridiculous that, that he's going after them like that. And I'm like, Ugh. it's already shitty enough for the, these guys, especially during COVID, where all these breweries are closing. Mm-hmm. And you got to double down with your dickishness. Like, yeah, yes. this guy, man, he can... Uh, so for people listening, so the first article that we listed below, and you can look at that in descriptions. So basically, Stone Brewing, as we've talked about before, has been going after Keystone because they split up the name Key and Stone. <laughs> we own the name Stone. Fuck you know. <laughs> so that's been a three-year lawsuit at this point. And now it turns out that Stone Brewing is going after all the little guys, as Pam and Brian have said. And they've apparently put out a hundred patent disputes and claims for any kind of microbrewery using the name Stone. And they must have the most bored lawyers in the fucking world. Like, what are you doing? They have the happiest lawyers beer. in the world because they get paid either they way. They get paid for this bullshit, yeah. This is true. So, what my favorite part of this whole entire drama was the fact that in his rebuttal, Greg Koch, who is the head of Stone Brewing... He wrote this long diatribe. Of course, he started like four paragraphs worth of, oh, this whole time we've been the little guy and fighting for the microbreweries and the blah, 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 blah. And we've never encountered or we've made friends with these people. Like, you always know you're talking to a dick when it's like, 
oh, I've tried to fuck this guy before, but now we're friends after. It's like, no, you're never friends. They just kind of gave up and you came to some kind of understanding. But so apparently this uh, Saulstone Brewing just started to do a social media blast of like, these guys are trying to fuck us. We have nothing. For the love of God, someone help us. And he's trying to paint it as, you know, as we've shown before. The thing that really got me was he put a line in there about, as we've already shown in the court of law that we are the proprietors or whatever of the name Stone and Beer. And it's like, "Mm, no, you're not, because your little lawsuit still didn't go to trial yet. Doesn't work like that, yeah. So I'm just reading this, like, sentence after sentence. And he wrote a good, like, he wrote like a 3,000-word essay on it. And the whole time, it just it it read like he was jerking himself off as he was typing it, and I was just getting like more mad as I just kept reading and reading. So I really wanted to see not only as a follow up to a story that we just keep following, but I would I'd love to see an outsider's perspective and be like, oh, this guy's a dick. No, you can't like copyright words. Stone, that's a word. That's a noun. That's like a thing anyone can say. Without yeah, being copyright it, infringement, like that's bullshit. <laughs> if he made up a name, if he if they called their brewery like I don't know the fucking Doozlemites or whatever the hell, like okay, cool, you made up a name, but like, don't just take stone. Uh, that this guy he pissed us off before with this, even though the Keystone thing there might be there might have been a little bit of like okay, maybe. This is just now they're they're going out of control, and I hope there is a backlash to him doing this. Like I, I hope that that his fans or, or well, fans, drinkers, whatever the hell you want to call them, I hope they uh, they they send them the right message saying like, "Yo, cool off, stop being a dick." And it it double sucks too because Stone Brewery they make good beers. Like I can't knock the quality of like what they put out there. It's not like they're the best shit in the world, but they make... I've never had, like, a bad stone beer, I would say. So it's like, ah, man, like, normally I can kind of separate in things like the the dickhead from the product, but in this case, I'm just like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> Especially, like, I'm not, like, I'm obviously, we we everyone knows who follows our page. I'm not the main video producer on the page. Like, that's Brian's Cross the Bear. He's the main video yeah. editor and all that stuff. Every once in a while, I throw my own little videos out there. And for the first time ever, I got hit by the YouTube copyright strike bug. And, <laughs> like, I uploaded, I did the description, put in a thousand tags, blah, 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 did the process, let it sit there, ready to go for Monday, and redlined. And I was like, motherfucker! Like, <laughs> I just, we, like, we fight for all the views we get as it is. So, last thing I need is to be copyright struck and unavailable in the rest of the world. So, now I get to play the copyright game where I leave in four seconds of this sound clip and blah, 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 and try to work my way around it, so... Any little copyright abuse bullshit, even now especially, I'm just like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a music issue? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a music list that I was putting together. Yep. And what's amazing is it's usually every time we've gotten a music, a handful of times, like the biggest ones that are against it, like are usually Nintendo, Capcom. If like any music from their game is in there, Sony. Yeah. Warner Brothers (laughs) got me this time. But you know what I've gotten randomly, like, for whatever reason, like, a third-party, I guess, composer of it, like, that wasn't directly linked? Sometimes I get those, I'm like, that doesn't count. Like, it's in the game. It's not like I overlaid the sound on top of it. It was from the game, guys. Come on. That's the thing. Yeah, it's such a pain in the ass. Like, I do, like, 
a, a fair amount of Vampire the Masquerade content, and, like, the trailer that they put out for Bloodlines 2 has Mac the Knife in it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was trying to just do, like, a trailer reaction and claimed because of the music. And it's like, course. come on, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, like, there are, we've, I, we, we have had a, a handful of videos we've made where I didn't even care, like, there was licensed music. And I just said, okay, then we just won't uh, monetize it. Like, we'll, and mm-hmm. usually we'll let it sit. But a few times we've done those power hours where, like, we said, we drink every 60 yeah. seconds. And we do it with video game music, and mm-hmm. those get flagged. Where I'm like, I just want to leave the playlist up so people can download it. Like, I'm not trying to monetize it. I'm not trying to do yeah. nothing. Like, it's there for whatever. And yeah, it just cracks me up. But then somehow people get away with uploading entire movies on YouTube, and I'm like, but you're worried mm-hmm. about this little six seconds of music I have in this this yeah. video. It, yeah. And now it's like extra. Now it's like extra bullshit because I was just like, fine, like turn monetization off. I don't care. But they're like, oh, you're still restricted around the world except for the United States. Mm-hmm. It's like, motherfucker, yeah. like, I don't want to make moot. Just let me put my video out there. So mm-hmm. now so it doesn't get view raped, basically, I have to go in there and still do the same effort. So yeah, I guess I'll try to get my three cents for this video, whatever it's going to make. Like, it's not the point. I just want to get the shit out there. Yeah. Pam, by the way, I did mm-hmm. want to ask, uh, what are your thoughts for Bloodlines 2? Growing concerns. Uh oh. Uh, Just like of all the writers they've been getting rid of, like they apparently fired Brian Mitsoda, which was one of the major writers of the first one, and then Kara Ellison was no longer with them, which is also making me think like the writing is done, they're just doing other shit now, and they don't want to pay writers anymore, which, you know, kind of sucks, but... Like, sucks, but yeah, <laughs> hopefully that's the case. Like, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Well, did like, they I haven't... say... I'm sorry, but did they say, when is it coming out? It's, I know there's it's no 2001. Date. Yeah, no, it's, they, well... After the last delay, they haven't given an actual date, but, like, I haven't pre-ordered the game or anything because I I'm just not really a pre-order person, but I am feeling a little concerned. I also don't like that it's only first person because I really like the third person in the first game. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I'm hoping the writers did their thing and they just didn't need any more narrative development and it's all like bug fixing and like graphics and shit. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that that was concerning. And how do you feel about the fact that it is going to be on consoles? Because that seems a little odd to me. Like especially because it's also not just next gen consoles; it's current gen, next gen, and obviously PC. See, I'm generally fine with it being on consoles. Like thinking of Bloodlines One, the only thing where I can think this doesn't go on consoles well is the hacking mini game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because be I think it, otherwise it could have been a console game fairly easily. So that's fine. And I generally prefer playing most games on console. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I'm hopeful. I just hope it doesn't turn into like, 
the cyberpunk situation, which it probably won't, but where it gets constantly delayed and there's issue after issue. And I just wish and, games wouldn't give release dates until they're just, like yeah, until they're smart. sure until they're sure like. <clears throat> I Although know, apparently Cyberpunk hype. did go gold, but like until they've like this game is finished, it's coming out in three weeks. Like I don't, I don't want a release date until you know. Mm. Yeah, be <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. It went gold, and then they still went. Oops, one more delay. They like yeah. delayed it like another like two or three weeks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about somebody. I think had asked us, Jim. Like, is there any chance that there would ever be a video game crash like from the ET days and what happened there? And that was the inverse problem. They just were like, "We're going to release and we're making a release no matter what." Mm-hmm. Whereas now you have all these AAA titles that can never friggin' meet a deadline. I still don't think it could ever happen like it did back then. But like, I could see people getting more and more tired of AAA titles when they do this this kind of shit like with the constant delays or missing deadlines or missing releases yeah, yeah i can understand that especially how apparently i don't know i think this was just based on like an nba game or something apparently the like triple a price is going up by ten dollars mm-hmm. yep yeah which it's especially in 70 bucks i think yeah especially in canada like currently a new game with oh my cat is going nuts on the back door sorry that's what that was all right <laughs> <laughs> I heard t- 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 yeah um it's the bodies in the walls yeah currently a new game plus tax here cost i think 90 dollars and 39 cents so you added added 10 dollars onto that plus tax that's like over a hundred dollars for a brand new video game shit jim and i'll start importing games for you guys that would probably be good because yeah, we'll honestly, black like, our friends. it's not that bad. Like I remember playing, paying a hundred dollars for Majora's Mask. So mm-hmm. like that was <clears throat> like twenty years ago. So the fact yeah. that I'm still paying the same amount for games now is like not that ridiculous. But at the same time, it's like I don't want to pay a hundred dollars for a video <laughs> game. <laughs> well that's what jim and i said we there's nes games that were 60 bucks and yeah 60 bucks has always been the price point for new games for mm-hmm. us since we were kids and that is the weird somehow video games have never been affected by inflation or anything yeah. else and it's funny that people are bitching and i'm like I can see why I don't like it, but I can see why this DLC and microtransaction shit takes place. If you could get rid of all that and just say a game is 10 or 20 bucks more, but includes all the other content, mm-hmm. I think most gamers would be like, okay, it sucks to hear it at first, but they get over it pretty fast. Yeah. Now, it's funny you bring up Sports Band because when I listened to your episode with Drunk Friend, you mentioned that you're a fan of football. Or at least back in the day you were. I used to be a fan of football, yes. Ah, so when did that drop off? What happened there? Um, well, my favorite team... Well, okay, so, like, I was a football coach in high school. Like, that's that was my extracurricular activity. Yeah, you were um, an offensive coordinator, right? I was, yes. Holy shit. Um, and then I used to do, like, all sorts of shit. Like, my dad loved bars. Love drinking. Um, so, like, I 
there was always like a football pool and I was like always in the football pool and I always did really well in it. But like at the same time, like I inherited his favorite team, which was the Redskins, which was like super racist. And <laughs> <laughs> or the Washington football team, as the they Washington, are now yeah. known. Um, so it just got to a it's point where I was like, this is all ridiculous. I, I'm no longer interested in this. But uh, yeah, like... Um, what was it? ESPN NFL 2K4, which is not the popular one. 2K5 is the popular one, but that was like one of my favorite games ever. That was actually the first game I ever got on PS2 for Christmas. Yep. <laughs> so is there any part of you, though, even from a video game standpoint where you do want to like you go back and play any football games or like you kind of miss that itch of watching or like, you know, I, I do like I played a couple years ago like one of the Madden games. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Maybe if like yes if like two K came out with a new football game I would play it. But like I I don't like the current, well not current, four or five years ago iterations yeah. of, of football games on video games. Is it because it's too simulationy or is it not enough for you? I don't know what it was that made it worse, but like I love doing like the franchise mode, like mm-hmm. doing the draft and like having all my players. Like I was a big stats person. Like while I was an offensive coordinator, part of my thing was like just doing stats for all the players. Yeah. Not because anyone asked me to, just because I like doing <laughs> you stats. Like doing <laughs> yeah, so that makes sense. So yeah, you liking those modes, you didn't care quite as much about. Like, what Madden gets all the craze for is the gameplay. It's not mm-hmm. about all those other things. So, yeah, it makes sense that you'd be driven towards those other ones. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, what was your opinion back in the day and even today of, like, Tecmo Bowl and Tecmo Super Bowl? I don't know if I ever played that. So, really? So, see, that's why I asked you because they're strictly, I mean, there is no strategy. There's, like, three plays six plays whatever it is there's almost no just plays. give it to bo jackson just give it to bo well, jackson and you win it's basically just an arcadey football game from the nes oh. the most popular sports game on the nes but it's one of those where hearing what you're saying you love strategy jim and i mm-hmm. played through all the other nes games and yeah. there are other ones that have strategy but they are hated so i'm actually mm-hmm. curious if you played those if you would like them better than tecmo super bowl no, I've never played those. I always really liked the... See, as much as I was just, like, about the strategy in the back end when I was playing the the 2K ones, I still had to play every single game. Like, I could not give up that control and be just, like, <laughs> auto-generate this game outcome. Like, that was, like, no, had- no, I had to... I had to play the game because I could win the game if I played it myself, whereas I might yep. lose if I let if the computer you- do it. Right. But no, like my my sports video games were like that was my big one, and before that it was like RBI baseball because mm-hmm. Roberto Alomar was on it, and that was like the only Canadian <laughs> player in any <laughs> sports game. <laughs> now, Pam, you I'm do sure. know as Philadelphia residents, I have to eternally hate the Blue Jays for beating us in 1993, right? And crushing my childhood as a lowly six-year-old, seven-year-old. That's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> like I exactly. She's like I don't care it, about baseball. What's a Philadelphia team? Phillies. We beat you in the World Series. Yeah, in '93. 
Mm-hmm. And then 94 was the Braves? Maybe? Or 92 was the Braves? I don't know. I'm a very fair weather baseball fan. I can watch oh, baseball okay. when my home team is good, but if they suck, I'm just like, well, no, no. That's no. how I am with sports in general. It's like, are we in the playoffs? Cool. Nope. I'm, I, I'm on board. <laughs> are we not? I don't give a shit. <laughs> now, being Canadian, you're legally required to enjoy hockey, obviously. So do you actually get invested in that, or you're just like, eh? If we're in the playoffs... Okay. Fair. <laughs> She's like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Otherwise, although every time we get to the playoffs, we just like fuck it up royally. So like, what's even the point of caring? Don't don't worry. The Flyers they they know that all too well as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Flyers and the Maple Leafs have had a rough rig. They they've had a rough go. Yeah. I remember the last time I was like watching hockey. We were playing Boston and like. We were ahead. We're doing so good. And then we fucking lost. (laughs) You're like, what happened? (laughs) You fucking went to auto-generate the score. What are you doing? (laughs) Why did you give up control? (laughs) Yeah, you sons of bitches. (laughs) Okay, so we have to send Pam a more recent Madden game. We can do it from like four years ago, so it'll be a $2 game. Then we can make a drinking game out of it. Do it over Xbox Live. Yeah. No, what I would love is we send her... uh, Oh my God! Why am I? Why can't I think of the name, Jim? What is the really arcadey game? Tecmo. Dur- no, no, no! During no? the PS2 era. Uh, oh, Blitz. G- Blitz. Yeah. Blitz. Yeah. That was what was the uh, what was the hockey equivalent? Of Hits. It? Hits. Yeah. So it was the same company. Yeah, they weren't fucking creative with the names. They're like Blitz, Stone. Hits the Bigs. And, <laughs> they're like, uh, they're like we got the Z. One. You add a Z to the end Blitz, of shit, and Hits, we got it. Splits. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, it's Blitz, the Bigs, and then NBA Street. It's like, okay, they just gave up on the names by that yeah. point. <laughs> but, uh, no, those games, super arcadey, super goofy, but goddamn, are they fun. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God. This Actually, Pam, what do you call it? When it comes to the new generations, now, you made a video a little while back with showing off, like, your Xbox and your 360, like, big-ass collections with them. You go on PlayStation, you go on Xbox uh, Series. I have a Series X. Oh, already? Shit. Got it. Nice. Good for you. Wait, wait, wait. You do have it. So that actually, damn, that's a perfect transition because the next one, I want to see if this is as ridiculous as we think it is. Um, Have you ever... Kotaku! Have you you ever uh, burned your soul by reading a lot of stuff from Kotaku like we have? I'm generally fine with what Kotaku writes. Damn it, Pam. You were supposed to say, yeah, it's terrible. Just <laughs> <laughs> rage me, goddamn. But it, it's this this one. Did you? So the article, we it's it's linked below. But I read, li- I read it because it was linked, yes. <sighs> it literally says, Xbox Series X has too many horrifying holes. That's the title of the article. <laughs> See, I'm Jim. fine with this article existing. <laughs> I, um... As a person who's not afraid of anything, I don't understand any phobia, but I understand that this is is a phobia with like people people complained about the new iPhone and the like camera lens setup on the, the three back. Three little and, wait, yeah, what? like people yeah, like that was a thing. What that was a thing where people complained about the camera lens setup and how it gave them what's it what's it called trichotomia? Yeah, I. Wait, was it the same one, or is it just because it wasn't, yeah, like, symmetrical? Yeah, 
No, no, no. It's the new like one that has small, the three, it looks like the small predator. Small circles, like, small holes, yeah. like right. fly eyes. Like people, <laughs> some people find Amateur. that very uncomfortable. And it's like, I don't understand it at all, but apparently it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> I, I, here's, I'm like you. I, I can, I can appreciate, I don't have obviously fear of small holes, but what doesn't make sense to me is like, dude, you were paying 600, whatever you paid for the Series X, you knew what it looked like. Do you really need to complain about? Like, is that the toughest part of your life is seeing holes on top of the console that you just bought? I that's mean, goddamn crazy. I don't think crazy? it's the toughest part of their life. I think it's just editorial content that they're looking for. Like, I I honestly think the top of the Xbox and like moving it and making it green and black and like different colors is like kind of cool. But at the same time, it's just in my entertainment center. Like, I don't look at those holes on the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, like you said. I, you're you're being much nicer than I. I I just I think I wouldn't have been as mad if it wasn't like their main like first article about the Series X. Like they didn't go like straight like review or they didn't have mm-hmm. what they did last week with the PlayStation one, where it's like a review, but then you know five. Like, the five the five paragraph diatribe about the did currency I not of the do world. a review where they also talked about the election, or was that a different? That was the PS5 one. That was the PS5. Oh, okay. Kind of. That was, It was like election and state of the world and corona and jobs and blah, 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 blah. See, I'm fine with people doing that kind of content about video games. Like, I see no reason to separate video games and politics. But I also am not afraid of anything, so it's phobias are strange to me. <sighs> <laughs> what what I can appreciate what the article is, you read the like the title, like I just said, it lets you know what you're about to read. Exactly. Like if, so if yeah. you're so not interested, you just don't read it. Yeah. The problem <laughs> we had with the PS5 one, it was basically like, oh, here's what we think of the PS5. And it became mm-hmm. half an article about political stuff. And I'm like, if it had been what his whole driving point was, which was basically... If you can afford a PS5, that's your privilege. Like, if they did something like that and that was a title, mm-hmm. I think I would have been fine with it. But it kind of, like, it kind of uh, okey-doked you. And you read, like, halfway through and you're like, what? what is this? This turned into a poli-sci paper. Like, what the hell is going on? See, titles are difficult. Because the person who writes the article generally is not the person who writes the title. Uh, so it makes it hard like even like take my dino ricky review where i said it's the worst nes game which i personally (laughs) like it is probably the nes game that made me the most mad so like it's not a it is not inaccurate but at the same time yeah i wrote that title so that people would click on the video and so that people would have a reaction to the video you have to play the game so it's like, you know, the person who's writing the article is not necessarily writing that title and they're not necessarily like challenging people in that way. So like people take the title very seriously, I found. Like so many people, my last video were like, this isn't the worst. Wal- Where's Waldo is worse and Color a Dinosaur is worse. <laughs> and like, I guess like Dinarchy though, like fools you. 
It, at the first, it's like, oh, this is an okay game. And then it's just like, fuck you, lily pad. <laughs> Which is why I say it's the worst game on the NES. And like, it's not a clickbait. I mean, it it is a clickbait title, but it's not inaccurate. Like, it is the NES game that has made me the most yeah. frustrated and most made me want to smash it with a hammer. But like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I could have just said, Adventures of Dino Ricky NES... Review, review like then, I do with a lot of my videos, but also, <laughs> you, you want to make a though, point and did, get that little that little zip in there. Exactly. No, but here's the deal: where I completely defend your title is you add it a question mark. Like you're not stating it; it's not a declarative statement. You're saying the worst game mm-hmm. in NES. Like so, I but I, still clever. Where if they write in worst NES game, it still shows up. Well, mm-hmm. of course, but no, but that's my point. Is like. If I read your title, that, like, well, obviously, I've read your title, and I saw the question mark, I'm like, this is obviously her saying, like, is this the, really the worst? Because this is what you play is the worst? We've made that mistake of, like, yeah. we doing the the best or worst of anything. That and fucking baseball video we made seven years ago. <laughs> it, it just amazes me. Like, people it, take it so serious. And here's the deal. We played through all 22 baseball games on the NES. Mm-hmm. Played through every single one. No matter what answer we get. And we maybe everyone... spent, like, two hours on each one because they're NES baseball games. They're not mm-hmm. that deep. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't ever... But at least people knew what we were driving at. Like, yeah, we could have said our favorite nes baseball games which would have been more indicative of what the video was but yeah it's easier just to say the best but at least some kind of yeah you don't say in my opinion this is the best or worst video game on this console like that's that's not a catchy title like you have to assume some kind of media competence where when you mm-hmm. say, is this the worst? Is this the best? People know, in my opinion, I don't have to state that. Like, I don't have to put IMO, like, in brackets. Um, <laughs> like, it's a Reddit post. All like, of life is a Reddit post at this yeah. point. So yeah. You have to hit the rules and the flare, or else you just get struck in copper and banned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From now That's on, Jim, like, all of our things, no matter what game. When you talk, you talk about your, I mean, they are your opinions, and your opinions are biased, and that's fine. Like, people are like, oh, this this review is biased, and that's bad. Like, everyone's review is biased. Uh, (laughs) So you just have to say, you state it as a fact. You don't state it as, well, in, in in my humble opinion. This yeah. Is, this is what I think of this game. Like this, that's this is my opinion on this video game. Jim, would you just ASMR? Every time you do that, it makes me think of the Whisper song, Jim. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but now, yeah, that it that is a good point. Like I said, this article. As soon as I read the title that Jim shared with us, I went, "Oh Jesus, what is this gonna?" I like, I knew it was gonna be. So the other one being so blindsided by being tied to the big fulcrum of this is a political stance on why you owning a PS5 is bad. I was like, okay, that's not what I thought. I thought this was just going to be, is a PS5 worth the money? Like, Mm -hmm. which is what I think it was titled. So 
that's what threw me off. But no, you, you definitely made a good point there. So I'll retract some of my hatred for his Kotaku, but not all of it. God. <laughs> 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 all right. So we are back. And before we hit up our final topic, uh, what's everyone thinking of their latest drink? Pam, I know you said you were switching over. So what is the uh, newest one treating you like? I'm on the brick look. Brick <laughs> <laughs> She's doing good. I, I I haven't had too much at all. Brickworks Rose Cider. Um, I think this is from a place I actually used to work. I used to um, do QA on video games, and I'm pretty sure this is where that is from, the distillery Ooh. district of Toronto. Um, and it's rose cider. It is not mixed with wine like the last one that I didn't like. So it's much better. Better. But I think the the sour is still my favorite that I've had today, and this is almost oh, yeah, almost yeah. gone. So we better hurry up. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would say for a future reference, probably the rose ciders. Maybe stick away because you don't seem to like either two of those. And everyone no. I know has tried those. They they don't translate well for whatever reason. No, cider. no, no. I should just stick with my favorite ciders, just yeah. like the regular, just apples. Yep. Booze. <laughs> just stick to apples. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and what about you, Chambers? Did you stick Woo. with Mad Elf? Oh, yep. I'm uh, three Mad Elfs in, and I'm feeling good. Oh, so Mad Elf right. classic. It's super smooth. Goes down very easy. Eleven percent. So yeah, you're feeling good by this point. Five anymore. Work will be a nightmare tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm stopping. Gonna be a good boy. Yeah. I'm uh yeah, and I finished my third campfire amplifier. I, I've said enough. This this beer is delicious, and it's it really is something I could see sitting around my fire pit just drinking this outdoors. So I'm all for it. Delicious, delicious beer. Brian, could you put your beer in a stick and put it on the fire? <sighs> no, Jim, it's a goddamn liquid, and I would not do that. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> How do you I like your, your, your campfire marshmallows, though? Do you like it, like warmly toasted like i like to fucking burn, no, burn the shit burn, out of the outside burn, yeah. of mine do okay. you so do you let it get actually catch fire and then you oh yeah it catches it fire or, yeah. and then i wait for it to actually to be get... like all black and then i blow it out so yeah i i'm like that because especially if you're putting it in the s'mores like you gotta it's gonna get squished anyway and you lose a lot of that um so yeah and you, you still gotta, get the goo so you don't have mm-hmm. to keep it you can have the char in the end for that extra flavor there. Sometimes I char the top and then I like take the charred layer and I eat it. And just then I just fucking thing. char the next layer too. <laughs> Double char. <laughs> yeah. Pam's the inception of chars. She I just like, keeps going. I, I like fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, that's something I've been known I, I i've had this that's weird... what justin's saying like oh no 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 <laughs> no i've been obsessed with fire since i was a kid and i'll never forget we getting, know getting in trouble well pam doesn't know jim so shut the fuck up i don't know yeah it's true no no you'll enjoy this thing. so literally from the time i was a kid when i first realized like oh magnifying glass on dry leaves that makes mm. fire and my parents would be like stop okay like keep it small keep it in this but then it was like i moved on like oh matches and this and that yeah, and it yeah. would be like i would i would like 
if I was in a bathroom and the toilet paper roll was done and it was a little cardboard piece, I'd light that on fire, put it underwater, but then put hide it so no one would find out. They're like, uh-huh. you know, this is just smoldering in the trash can. <laughs> um, and the dumbest thing me and my friend do did was uh, we took an orange juice container, filled it about a quarter of the way with gasoline. And okay. Thought, <laughs> oh, that, that, that escalates things. Yeah. And we're like, let's see if we can try and get this like flaming piece of tissue paper inside, not knowing the fumes are what are actually feeding the fire. Mm-hmm. Went to put it in. It obviously blew back. My buddy who was having, ha- holding the gas uh, can swung it towards his garage. The whole garage catches fire. So we're kicking it, like doing whatever. We're cleaning it. His parents are like very strict. We're like, oh shit, we got to clean up this place. We put like Febreze and everything. And the parents <laughs> came home. They were like, why does it smell like you guys been cleaning? We're like, oh, we spilled something. They're like, so you clean the whole bottom of the house? I till this day, like we told them years later, they're like, is that why you we had a kick in mark on our goddamn garage? <laughs> like, and and ever since then, like I've had fire department called on me because I built a fire pit in my backyard and I burned way too much stuff, but. Jim knows. I can literally every every weekend I put. You've I, always been a destructive boy. Yeah, nice. I make fire all the time, so I appreciate yeah. that, Pam. <laughs> when I was in like end of elementary school, beginning of high school, if I lit all the candles in my room, I would set off the smoke detector. So <laughs> I had the parents who like if I would light some candles in my bedroom just for some ambiance or whatever, he'd come in. You're gonna set the fucking house on fire, stupid. So that was a. That didn't last too goddamn long. And Jim, you never lit candles in your room for. I lit candles in my room. No, you did not. Yes, I did. Then you get called stupid enough times, and you stop. You know, like a healthy (laughs) upbringing. So it's fine. You didn't have the patchouli incense. No, no, no. I was I was a good little boy until no. I was a good boy to a fault until college, when you should probably take things a little more seriously because it's a lot more Mm -hmm. expensive. That's when I had all of my fun, so <laughs> that's when I decided to almost get kicked out of things and fail like half the classes oh, that I was no. in and shit like that. So we we have a lot of good stories where like there is we talked about this fucking last night. There is one year where we all had the same class and Brian and I were both we having a little bit of trouble in this one class. So in one test, I think it was the midterm, I got a thirty and Brian had like a thirty seven. And the teacher <laughs> the teacher wanted to talk to us. So she talks to Brian, and he had a 37. She's like, ah, you know, this is pretty bad, but I think you can recover. I'm only seven points less at a 30. And she went, ooh, that's bad. She's, she's like, you should probably quit right now. <laughs> yeah, she, she's like, just drop the class. <laughs> uh, but, Jim, in all fairness, you got to admit, I still helped get you through college. Oh, you for sure did. <laughs> I'm I'm indebted to a bunch of you bastards for my piece of paper that's very expensive. So, <laughs> but but all right, hold on. So we got I all right. Which is better? God damn it! I was completely <laughs> lost because I really want to hear what Pam has to say about this because she said she has a specific opinion. So obviously, we always talk about between two genres, two games, two whatevers. And this week, Jim put up um, very good ones. Which is better between MMOs and JRPGs? And we know, Jim, you hate JRPGs. So, I'm, and, but I, I first want to hear what Pam has to say. I, I put this up here be. almost specifically just for Pam because I know she okay. loves. <laughs> so, I loved JRPGs as a like, I guess teenager. That was like one of my favorite genres. At, although as an adult, I'm like. 
mm, these take too long. A lot of wasting of my time. I don't love it. <laughs> um, but then MMOs, I played World of Warcraft for nine years of my life, which mm -hmm. was a lot. And um, I'm going to say I, JRPGs are better than MMOs. MMOs just mm. like suck the life out of you. They're so social like they so rely on other people like i was a guild master for my last like three years in world of warcraft and Damn. it was just so much pressure and so much like you can't leave because everyone is relying on you and it was just a lot and the games very repetitive you know not all that much fun once you take a step back to look at them and even though jrpgs are generally too long they end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is a good yeah. reason. Yeah. Now, I, uh, well, I was going to go JRPGs um, for the pretty much the reasons you were saying, but the bigger reason for me was that the thing Jim hates is I like a good story. And mm -hmm. JRPGs do a good job, shop Jim, uh, of <laughs> delivering a, a concise, you, like they give you a complete story. Whether you love them or hate them, there's a lot of thought put into it. And yes, you can develop your squad or whatever, however you want. But at the end of the day, you get a very compelling story. But yeah, the, the too long thing was always the biggest fall for me. The MMOs, I never got. And as someone who even does appreciate modern console games that can be very like multiplayer or whatever, the social aspect, like I'm someone who I did just like, I'll just want to sit down and play a game for mm -hmm. whatever. And whenever I would get tagged into something where I was, it became too much of like, oh, you have to get on at this time to do this raid, to do this thing. Like, I'm like, now it feels like a fucking chore. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm working. Like like, I don't feel like I'm just enjoying a game. Yeah. So that always made me kind of be like, eh, I like, love the idea of MMOs. I hate how they're executed. And more importantly, mm -hmm. I hate how it became social competition and it wasn't for me, so I always went, I think JRPGs are better. Yeah, I guess overall JRPGs are better, but since I put so little time after a few hours into both, like, if you play an MMO by yourself, you can do it to a certain, like, level cap, and that's only, like, level 10 before you're just completely outclassed by everything. But that's the point where I always got bored and just stopped playing anyway, so I'm in that position where I just don't like RPGs in general, so I almost like the more pick up and play nature of an MMO as opposed to a JRPG. Whereas I guess if you're going to be serious about it, then you have to like coordinate times and shit like that. So yeah, I guess uh, I can do a JRPG at my own pace and I've probably beaten more of them at the same time. But like, I, I like the only JRPG, like, like final fantasy one is the only final fantasy I've ever played all the way through. And that's like no story and all grinding. And like, mm -hmm. for me, that was like, that was fine. Like I liked just doing, dumb battles and you know minimal story and just let me get through the whatever game that it is so if you could do that without the social construct needs like that would be a perfect game for me we're playing like fancy star online by myself like you just have to grind the ever-living shit out of it to get through it but you can do it as long as you just keep grinding 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 so so jim you're a creek and pam and i are the ocean that's all right you're not that deep <laughs> <laughs> see what i did there jim that was very clear analogy what a, what a beautiful analogy brian <laughs> jim just appreciate game stories 
I can appreciate stories. I've been sucked into stories before, but it takes like, like I can't just have like the generic weeby like you know world's about to end. You need to have the four crystals to save the blah 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 blah. Everything's gonna end. Blah 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 blah. Jim, you Jim, you name one story from a game that was compelling for you. Fall three. Damn it! He went with only one RPG that you've played. But I've played I've played enough RPGs, and I went with the one that you actually like. So I had to, <laughs> exactly. I had to cut your so. argument off of the knees. <laughs> you son of I a mean, bitch! Starting Fallout Three, would basically find your dad, right? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, I'm not yeah. saying it's the strongest story overall. I mean, no. The problem with saying Fallout Three is because there's so many stories. And I know what That's he's true. doing. He's just doing it because he knows I love, obviously, mm. Fallout <laughs> games. You son of a bitch. I mean, like, besides, like, I mean, like, I've like I've talked about it before, but, like, I played, like, 10 hours of Final Fantasy VI, and then I got bored and stopped. I played 10 hours of Final Fantasy VII, and I got bored and stopped. I played a couple hours of Chrono Trigger, and then I got bored and stopped. Like, all, like, the mainline JRPGs I've tried to start, and I just can never, like, keep enough of my interest in it to, like, keep going with it. It's probably it's just not a thing for me, I guess. But I try, yeah. but I keep trying and trying and trying. Like I like the cyberpunky ones more. Like I like the Shadowrun games that we did. I like the story in them. Maybe I like the setting for them more. Maybe I would like cyberpunk more than I would like a uh, like a Dragon Age or something like that. I don't Jim, know. even though you've beaten Shadowrun, I don't know how many times. Yeah. After doing the reviews with you, I realized you don't even really know what the hell's going on with the story. You just keep talking about setting. I know the goddamn story of the Genesis Shadowrun. <laughs> exactly, just the Genesis. That's the one I grew up with, turn... motherfucker. I didn't, I didn't play the SNES one until we reviewed it. Yeah, but you were the Shadowrun guy, and I kept trying to tell you, Shadowrun Returns It was actually a really fun game. I didn't and... have a laptop that could play it at the time. Maybe I could now. And the new Shadowrun games are super good. I love yeah. uh, Hong Kong the best. That's my favorite one. Well, I was just shocked, like, not being a Shadowrun guy, and then Jim shows me the games, and I, I thought the Super NES one was better than Genesis. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I played Returns, and I was like, oh, well, that's just way better. And yeah. I loved every, like, the customs. Like, I I, tr- I kept telling Jim, I was like, this is the best, this is the best, but he had his nostalgia for the old games, couldn't get into a new one as much, but I was just like, dude, that one is really good. And it's funny, we talked about people hating on us. The, uh, shit, what was the shooter one? The the 360 PC one. <laughs> oh, that review. Ooh, yeah, so, boy. so did you play that one, Pam? That It was strictly a shooter. Shadowrun? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was basically like a Quake no. 3 clone almost. Oh, uh, no. So here it is, hold on. So literally, it's just Shadowrun. Oh, I've, see, I've seen that. I've never yeah. played that. So we played it, and we said the problem is all the other Shadow Runs, you had story development, you had character creation. This one was straight mm-hmm. up like Call of Duty with with some Shadow Run elements, so mm-hmm. it wasn't well I'm done. I'm Thank Call you, Call of Duty with hacking. <laughs> yeah. Not even hacking, and just like spells. <laughs> we got so many people pissed off because, God forbid, we just said anything bad about any Shadow Run. We're like, we uh... love the other ones, but this one wasn't good. So, yeah, people got quite angry, but, yeah. You mean this 2006 multiplayer online-only game from on the Xbox Live wasn't, didn't hold up? What? What? Blast me, goddammit. (laughs) 
But no, I think that's pretty much a consensus. And anyone online, I would be very curious, what would be a reason why you think MMOs are better, if you think they're better? Or maybe everyone agrees JRPGs are better. Um, I am very curious. I feel like the only argument you could make for MMOs, if it's kind of the inverse of what Pam and I were saying, which is like the social aspect. It could be the gathering of people. It's an excuse to get with your buddies, like make strategies, do this, do that. Maybe that's something people really, really enjoy. Yeah, if you're um, not a weird weeb and you actually talk to people, this might be the one for you. <laughs> I mean, there are fun things, like <laughs> gathering 40 people or 25 people and executing one strategy against a boss. Like, there's, you know, something satisfying about that. But, like, all the effort around it is just so much. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if you're, like, a guild master or whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. And Pam, I'm seeing a little pattern with you. Guildmaster, sports coordinator, like you're clearly a leader of a bunch of people. So that's cl- so next mm-hmm. we And know it makes me gonna... so happy. <laughs> 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 and and next you're going to be just just tell everyone here, you're going to be a cult leader for the next I mean, I would do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So if we see you at a convention, the whenever they come back, don't drink the juice, all right? Yep. No. <laughs> no. I mean the first few times, the Kool Aid will just be delicious. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be as like a sour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be good. <laughs> it'll be good. Drink it. Yeah, drink it. It's come, a, it's come, those first couple. Come hits. hang out with me. Those first it's couple fine. hits are free. It's good. Just yeah, just hang yeah, out. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So what we need to do is start marketing Pam's Stone uh, Rose Soda, <laughs> and then it can get all kinds of marketing for both stealing Stone idea and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's delicious. It's delicious. Drink it. Just drink it. Don't ask questions. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. I'm going to make an ASMR channel and drink my cider. See, there's the ASMR fan in her coming out. Yeah. There There it is. I love ASMR. I watch it every night. (laughs) She's going to have the... I think I see the next level is as you're doing your makeup you're going to be doing ASMR while you're doing your makeup oh, so you yeah. can make a third yeah, yeah, video. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus and Christ. selling the cider. She's just combining <laughs> all the degeneracy into one. She's a goddamn marketing genius. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we do want to say, Pam, we truly appreciate you coming on here. Uh, it's, it's been a blast. Yeah, thank you so much. Talking with you. Um, we definitely want to get you back on in the future, but before we go, we do want to say, please, once again, plug away anywhere anyone can find you, and the links are below. Yeah. Watch my YouTube channel. It is called Cannot Be Tamed. If you're into cosmetics and makeup, watch my channel, Cosmetic DLC. That's good. No one needs to follow me on social media. I have enough followers. Thank you. <laughs> it's a better one. Yeah. <laughs> So with that, everyone else, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for watching. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit subscribe. And uh, (laughs) give us a five star. Even if you want to bash us on iTunes, please make sure. Just give us a rating. Hit subscribe. And until next time, everyone, cheers. Cheers, eyes.